It's Super Regional Weekend, and the Tar Heels come in as the 10th-seeded national team. They're hosting the Arkansas Razorbacks at Boshomer Stadium. But oh my goodness, all these booking sites all over the country have Arkansas as more likely to win the College World Series than the Tar Heels. You know what? The disrespect is real, and we got to talk about it. Coming up on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, June 10th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available everywhere you get podcasts, so please go ahead and subscribe right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, my, my apologies to those of you out there who aren't Braves fans. For those who are listening today and can't see, I'm wearing a Braves jersey. It's actually my lucky Chipper Jones jersey and a Braves hat. Now, that's not just because the Braves are on an eight-game winning streak. No, it actually has nothing to do with that. It's because, and even those of you who aren't Braves fans, this is going to make you elated to hear When the Braves kind of came out of nowhere to win the World Series last year, this is the jersey I was wearing the whole stretch run of October and into November as the Braves were winning. And so, yeah, you know, maybe you're not a Braves fan, but you can certainly get behind me wearing a lucky jersey to help the Tar Heels this weekend in the Super Regionals, right? Go where you go, do what you do. I'm doing what I do, and I hope it will be beneficial to the boys in baby blue this weekend. So get behind it. Please, please, please forgive me if you're not a Braves fan. Okay, we here's where we're going to head today. Before we get to the Super Regionals, we got to talk about the season that it's been for the baseball team because they were it was crazy. We got to talk about the Regionals last weekend, and then that'll set us up to prepare for this weekend's Super Regional matchup. This season for the Tar Heels was really a season in three parts. They started off super hot, 16-2 and record in the first 18 games of the year, and then just hit this skid, just went off the deep end. 7-15 and record through the middle of the, those um, 22 games, but then the stretch run, 19-3. and which counts uh, up through where we're at right now, including the regional games, 19-3, and including a season-high eight in a row that they had before they lost that game to VCU, the second game of the regional round. Unbelievable. What an what a interesting, just three-part, three-chunk uh, season that they have had. So here's what happened as, as we got to... Um, in that that lull, that 7-15 and 15 lull in the middle of the season. Late in April, the Tar Heels traveled to Charlottesville to take on Virginia in just a typical ACC weekend series, as, as you always do. They went up there to Charlottesville and got swept. 
straight out of Charlottesville, go back to Chapel Hill. The Tar Heels are left for dead. At this point, we're all wondering, I mean, the Tar Heels started really hot, but are they in danger now of missing the NCAA tournament? Like, is that where we're at? Is that what's going on? However, since that moment, the Tar Heels won 15 of their next 17 entering the regional last weekend. And then obviously, as you can conclude from uh, what I said their record has been since that moment, the Tar Heels, including the regional, so entering the Super Regional, have won 19 out of their last 22 games. That's ridiculous. So what is it that turned the tide? How did Carolina go from getting swept at Virginia to going 19-3 and and hosting hosting a Super Regional as one of the 16 national seeds? That's ridiculous. What happened? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, Brandon Schaefer, who (laughs) was monumental on the mound last weekend, said they they as a team um, looked at each other after that Virginia series and said, enough is enough. (laughs) We have been in this long enough. Coach Scott Forbes said, essentially, we just had to learn to be more disciplined, to be more fundamentally sound. And for those of you who know baseball well or who have been baseball or softball players, you know how important just every little thing is to the success of a baseball game. One mental mistake, one small physical mistake can make all the difference in the world. And so Carolina tightened that up. And as part of that, they now went on this streak of winning 19 out of 22. I think another couple things that turn the tide is we're we're seeing this across the country in just about every collegiate sport is that with the transfer portal now becoming a thing, with NIL now becoming a thing, it's just seeming to take certain teams longer to gel as all the pieces figure out how they fit together, all the different Uh, various personnel as coaches figure out how to best utilize that personnel. And so I think that has something to do with it, as well as the fact is anytime a freshman plays a key role in in a team environment, it often takes a while for everyone to gel together. And so when you've got someone like Vance Honeycutt doing everything he's doing and bringing this team together, that often can take a long time to gel as well, similar to um, other transfers coming in and things of that nature. But regardless of what turned the tide, the tide certainly turned. Now, what, how do you win baseball games? Well, you score more runs than your opponent, right? Pretty simple. But if, if we break up the way Carolina was scoring runs and the way Carolina was stopping runs from being scored over those three segments of the season. Listen listen to how these numbers play out. I I did all the math just a little bit ago because I wanted to be able to talk about it. In that 16-2 start, Carolina was averaging 6.89 runs per game. Pretty good number. In the 7-15 lull, it dropped not significantly, so just by about a run a game down to 5.9 runs per game. But when you're scoring one less run a game, uh, that that matters. But then, when you look at this stretch of the past 22 games, this 19-3 and three mark they've hit, the average runs per game jumps all the way to 888.32 runs per game. That's infinitely higher than they had been in that 
um, seven and fifteen stretch, and essentially a, a run and a half more than that sixteen and two start, even when they were playing well. Now they're playing even better offensively. What about the flip side? You not only have to score more runs, but even when you're not scoring runs, you got to be able to stop runs from being scored to be able to win. Well, in that starting stretch, Carolina was allowing 2.33 runs per game. <laughs> the middle of the season, when they went not so hot, when they were 7-15, and 15, they were allowing 7.86 runs per game. And now, um, that... Uh, in, in this closing stretch of the season, that averages back down to allowing 4.09 runs per game. Now, you might look at that as compared to the 2.33 runs per game scored by opponents um, earlier in the season. But keep in mind when we're talking about this, uh, the level of competition that the Tar Heels are playing has skyrocketed because this home stretch includes the ACC tournament, the regionals, you know, all those types of things. And so it's understandable. And so when we look at the run differential, uh, Carolina in those uh, that first 18-game stretch, run differential of plus 4.56. In the middle stretch, it was minus almost two runs a game, minus 1.96, but now has jumped back in this closing stretch to plus 4.23 runs a game. What does that tell me? Everything to me points to saying, I know this is like, well, duh, Shade, that's how you win baseball games. But absolutely, it's what you got to do is swing the bat and stop the other team from scoring. And that's what Carolina's doing at a much better clip, um, particularly offensively than they were earlier in the season. And interestingly, we can't discount um, when when we talk about what turned the tide, what, what turned the season around. We can't discount the mirroring of the basketball team. Scott Forbes, in his second season as head coach of the baseball team, is essentially mirroring what Hubert Davis did um, in his first season as head basketball coach. A team that came in with preseason national expectations, did pretty well out of the gate, but you know, obviously had, um, I would say, an even longer speed bump than did um, a longer time in the Valley than did the baseball team. But obviously things came together in a very big way for the basketball team. And so now what the baseball team is wondering is, can we continue to follow that storyline? Can we win this super regional? Can we then go to the college world series and make some noise? It's the kind of thing where once you get there, anything can happen. You got these eight teams and who knows? And so, uh, man, Carolina baseball, it's been, again, a season of three seasons. Um, but the, the key factor is that now they are hot at just the right time. Now, part of that just the right time was a wild, wild regional round last week. What did that regional round prove to me about what Carolina is able to do? I'll tell you after we talk about Bet Online and Rock Auto. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest developments, news, and odds, including the NBA Finals going on, NHL Conference Finals, MLB, and of course, latest fighting news from MMA, UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. So, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts.
And Rock Auto, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models in cars of cars, it's nearly impossible for your local auto parts store to stock everything you need. Why have to go through all those questions you know you don't know the answers to when you're in the store? When you could just be sitting at home, Googling it and figuring it out, and getting on rockauto.com to find these parts for yourself. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers just like you for over 20 years. That consistency is certainly something that you and I can all believe in. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer and their inventory has everything you need. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your vehicle will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Whoo, the regional. Oh boy, this regional that the Tar Heels hosted last weekend. If you don't remember, uh, it was the Tar Heels as the national number 10 seed, along with University of Georgia, VCU, and Hofstra. And so the Tar Heels were facing off against Hofstra first while Georgia and VCU were playing. Now, you might hear those teams and think, oh, Georgia is the next best team, but VCU is coming in on a ridiculous winning streak. By the time they and Carolina played in the second game, uh, they had rattled off 17 in a row. Now, these regionals, if you are unaware, are double elimination format. And so um, you... That's just part of how baseball needs to be. Just You get one pitcher that's hot on any given day, and, and you can take that one-off game with, with a much lesser team. However, in this double elimination format, it tests all sorts of stuff. Do you have more than one starter? Do you have pitching depth and all these things? But it's very important because of the double, double elimination setup to win your first two games and stay in the winner's bracket. Why is that? Well, here's how it works. Uh, typically Friday, uh, Friday night, you're, or whenever it is, Friday afternoon maybe, uh, you're playing your first games. And so those two winners go on, stay in the winner's bracket. Those two losers go to the loser's bracket. The next day, the winners play again. The winner of that game stays in the winner's bracket. The loser goes down to play the winner of the loser's bracket. And then what happens is the team that loses that second game in order to win the regional and move on to the super regional has to win three games in a span of about 32 hours or so. Whereas if you stay in the winner's bracket, you win that second game, you're just waiting for the other team to come play you again and you just have to beat them once because they've already lost once. So you only have to win one game instead of three same time span. That is a, a big, if you go to the loser's bracket, it's a big strain on your depth, uh, your pitching depth, your um, longevity, your, your, it tests all of that because you're going to have to play two games essentially over the course of one day. And then if you're able to advance one game the next day. So you got a lot of difficulty there. So let's see how this regional unfolded for the Tar Heels. And then I want to tell you why what I learned about the Tar Heels from this regional. So things started off just fine. Carolina played Hofstra on um, the, the first game of this regional. 
6-2 lead after five innings. Seems like things are in control, but then they explode for seven runs in the seventh inning to essentially put the game away, send Hofstra to the loser's bracket. VCU beat Georgia, interestingly, and so then those two teams were going to square off in the winner's bracket. And you're thinking, yeah, you know, Hofstra's had this great winning, or excuse me, VCU's had this great winning streak, but we should be able to take care of business, push a couple runs across, hold them down, and it'll be good. Well, Unfortunately, that's not how things played out on Saturday evening. Um, Carolina just couldn't get any offense going against VCU. They were held down um, for the majority of the game. Uh, Not to mention there were some questionable calls that limited Carolina's scoring uh, opportunities, including head coach Scott Forbes getting ejected, which then forced him to be suspended for the next two games, which is no bueno when you're trying to come out of the loser's bracket as the Tar Heels eventually were. Now, uh, the Tar Heels eventually did cash in on some of these run scoring opportunities, but unfortunately it was one of those too little too late kind of things because VCU scored early in the game, but then tacked on two in the seventh and one in the eighth. Um, Heels did get one of their own in the top of the eighth to make it three to one. And then we get to the ninth inning. Carolina is down 4-1 and it's like, yeesh, what's going to happen here? In fact, uh, there's a runner on, but the the Heels get two outs before Danny Ceretti walks to the plate, smashes a two-run bomb, and now... It's like, oh boy, we, we've got a legit ball game here. It's 4-3. Yeah, there's two outs, but it's college baseball and anything can happen. So uh, Vance Honeycutt, Osuna both walk. So now it's two outs, two on. And who's coming up? Mikey Madej. But unfortunately, he just couldn't, just one of those times you just don't always get the clutch hit. Uh, keep in mind, baseball, you fail 70% of the time as a hitter and get paid millions of dollars to do so. And so Madej just couldn't get the clutch hit there, and the Tar Heels lose to VCU and go into the loser's bracket, where now, again, this means they're going to have to win three games in about 32 hours. Facing Georgia on um, Sunday earlier in the day, if they win that, VCU again later on Sunday, and if they win that, it would be VCU again on Monday evening. Well, this Georgia game, it seemed like Carolina had it all in hand. 6-2, to two, headed into the ninth inning. Just got to shut the game down and then go rest your legs, get off your feet to get ready to play VCU later that day. But Georgia gets a one-out, three-run homer to make the score 6-5. It's essentially exactly what Carolina did uh, against VCU the day before, except they've only got one out at this point. And then the very next batter steps to the plate, Hits this absolute, it looks like game tied. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. But the man, the freshman, Vince Honeycutt, Vince Honeycutt, Vince Honeycutt, who's that? Uh, Gets to the fence, finds his way up, and robs this home run to get the second out of the inning before a strikeout ends the game. And so Vance Honeycutt, this dynamic do-it-all freshman, saves the day, not this time with a home run, but getting back to the fence, robbing uh, Georgia of a would-be game-tying homer to send Carolina on to play VCU again after that strikeout. So you've got this rematch with VCU on Sunday evening. And listen, while, while the Georgia game and the first VCU game were tight and it was questionable, 
This game was never in doubt. Carolina scored seven, seven in the first inning um, and then went on to win um, 19 to eight. And so VCU obviously scored some runs, uh, but the Tar Heel offense just suddenly was like, oh, we got to do stuff here. We, we got to actually hit um, to keep doing that. So they just kept adding on, got those seven, adding, adding, adding. And so that sets up this winner take all. Um, winner moves on to the Super Regional game on Monday night, a third game against VCU this weekend. Keep in mind with Carolina having played multiple more games than VCU had while VCU has been able to rest more. Not to mention, Carolina loses the coin flip that determines who gets home field advantage for this game. So they are the visitors, even though they're playing at Boschmer. I don't love how the NCAA does that, but whatever. That's another day and another conversation. So what's funny is I said, you know what? If we're going to be the visitors, let's go up there, score 10 in the top of the first, put them out of their misery early. <laughs> how cool would that have been? Now, that's not what the Tar Heels did, but they did get four, scored a run, and then Mikey Madej got a little redemption, three-run bomb to put the Tar Heels up four to nothing in the first. Here, what was really interesting about this game, though, was uh, the final score was seven to three. Tar Heels won, but all ten of those combined runs were scored in the first four innings. Zero runs scored in the final five innings of this game. So Carolina led seven to three after four innings. And that was it. That was all the offense they needed. Ball game, the, the bullpen, the pitching staff continued to do a great job. Brandon Schaefer, as I said, pitched this game on one day's rest and, and was able to get three and two-thirds innings for Coach Scott Forbes, and then they cobbled together the rest of the game. So what, what great. Carolina wins this regional. That's awesome. They're going on to the super regional, and that's why we're all here. But what does what, does what happen in the regional tell us that that's what we're not just highlighting what went down I, I talk about all that to say this this team has learned how to persevere because of that lull they went through in the middle of the season they learned hey we're not down and out just because we're not winning at the clip we expected to or wanted to we're learning lessons here that are going to prove things down the road so that when Carolina found themselves in this losers bracket just like they did with that hole earlier in the season, they climbed their way right back out of it, did the things they need to needed to do to move on and advance to hosting this Super Regional. These Tar Heels know how to win, they're resilient, and they're moving on to the Super Regional. But the question now becomes, do they have enough resiliency? Do they have enough toughness? Do they have enough talent and experience? Does Scott Forbes know enough as a second-year coach? to win a Super Regional and move on to the College World Series. I'm going to let you know my thoughts about it in just a second, but first let me tell you about Built Bar. Hey, don't you love a chewy chocolatey brownie? What about one with caramel drizzled all over it? If so, what if I told you that you can have all of that plus 17 grams of protein in a healthy bar? Well, you, my friends, are in luck because... Built Bar's Caramel Brownie Bars are available right now at Built.com and you gotta act fast because they're a fan favorite and they're going quick. These numbers are unreal. In addition to those 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. The best part? These bars are covered just like every other Built Bar in 100% real chocolate. For real. And with Built, that means you don't have to sacrifice the taste for healthy. You can have both. 
Keep in mind that all of Built's bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits for you. With Built, Tasty is the new healthy. So go to Built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars right now. And while you're there, use promo code 15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Well, friends, I know we're talking baseball today, but the NBA draft is coming up. It is not very far away. And so I want to ask you to tune in to the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, which starts June 16th, next week. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board crew, plus the Odyssey insiders, all of that is coming, and the first pick starts on June 16th. To find it, search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, and follow it now so that you don't miss a single pick. All right, we do now get to move into this super regional round. I've already talked about what the Tar Heels have done this season, where they've been, and so all of that to me sets up this moment where they are facing the Arkansas Razorbacks from Fayetteville, Arkansas, actually uh, the closest D1 major team to where I live in southwest Missouri. And so uh, there's a lot of Arkansas fans around me. So Tar Heel fans, we got to do this in a big way. Interestingly, this is only the second ever meeting between these two baseball teams. The Hogs beat the Tar Heels back uh, in the 1989 College World Series 7-3. to all right, here's the schedule for the Super Regional. Let me just give it to you quickly. Uh, this is um, one that starts on Saturday. Some start on Friday. This one starts on Saturday. So Saturday, June 11th, Game 1, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. So you're going to get to see the Tar Heels. You don't have to have ESPN Plus or ACC Network, any of that. If you have the flagship, you are good. Game 2, Sunday, June 12th, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Central Time, and that'll either be on ESPN or ESPN2. It'll probably depend on uh, what kind of matchups are going on between other teams. But those are your first two games. Interesting, going to be important for both teams to get up and be ready to play early in the day. That could play a factor in who wins this best of three Super Regional. Now, if uh, the teams split those first two games, we will have a game three on Monday, June 13th. Again, if necessary, with the time and the TV TBD to be determined on that if it should be needed. So we'll have to wait and see. What about the rankings? Where do these teams both sit coming in? Well, you might be aware the college baseball rankings are done by several different places, but the, the chief main ones are D1 and Baseball America. So at D1, in the most uh, recent rankings, Carolina went from unranked, jumped all the way 14 spots up to 11th. Crazy. And that was heading into the regional round. Arkansas, on the other hand, the, the lull that the Tar Heels had in the middle of the season, Arkansas had been going through that at the end of the season and then got hot, obviously, in the regional round, but went 0-2 in the SEC tournament and so dropped all the way from um, around 11th, where Carolina is now all the way down to 23rd. Similar results in Baseball America. Heels went from unranked to now being 12th in the country, whereas Arkansas dropped all the way from 11th down to 21st. All the Tar Heels metrics are showing great numbers. Third in the RPI right now, all sorts of great stuff going in their favor. And, and so they're, again, are hot at the right time. 
Carolina is the 10th national seed. The way the NCAA baseball tournament works is they seed 16 teams uh, are the national seeds, and those are the 16 regional hosts. And so even if you are 17th, you don't get one of those national seeds and you got to go to another school. So Arkansas was not one of those national seeds since they dropped down into the 20s, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of the baseball rankings. But obviously, do not be fooled. Arkansas is not just some schlep team coming in, even though they don't have a number by their name. They are a great and experienced team, not only this year, but historically as well in the postseason. They recently made the College World Series in 18 and 19, and in 18, in fact, lost to Oregon State in a heartbreaking manner in the 2018 College World Series championship round. Go look that up. Go, <clears throat> if, you, if you don't remember, read about the 2018 College World Series championship round and you won't feel bad enough that you want Arkansas to beat the Tar Heels, but you will feel really bad for that team. Both of these teams ha have played well lately, historically. Carolina has made three Super Regionals the past four years of Super Regionals. Um, Arkansas, this is now their fourth straight Super Regional. So both teams know how to win, know how to get here. Uh, the question is, this year only one of them can make the College World Series. Who is it going to be? Now, Bet Online, as I alluded to off the top of the show, has put out odds and actually gives Arkansas better odds to win the College World Series than they do the Tar Heels, even though the Tar Heels are the team playing better right now and with the national seed. They give Arkansas the sixth best odds to win at 20 to 1, and Carolina the ninth best odds to win at 25 to 1. Arkansas, in terms of their record, heading into the regional round, they were 38 and 18 overall. They finished the SEC season 18 and 12, and they are 6 and 4 versus the top 25. And so, been a strong and productive season for the Razorbacks. <clears throat> what about the starting pitching? Well, in game one, um, Coach Scott Forbes has already said who he, he will start for both of these two games. And I'm just taking some educated guesses on Arkansas at this point. But the Tar Heels will start Max Carlson, their usual Friday weekend starter in game one. 3.61 ERA, 4-2 record. And then I would imagine for Arkansas, they're going to go with Connor Noland for game one. Then game two starters, Carolina is going with Brandon Schaefer, who hopefully his arm has been able to recover from the regional round and everything he did there, but comes in with a 3.73 ERA and a 7.3 record. As for Arkansas, I see possibility of three different guys starting game two, Hagen Smith, Will McIntyre, or Jackson Wiggins. I could see any of those guys getting the ball for game two, um, but I would go with Hagen Smith as my first guess. And um, there's also the opportunity or the possibility that they might hold him off in the potential of a game three. But I wouldn't do that, but maybe they will. Now, one of the things with the Super Regionals, just like the regional round, is that your depth is going to be tested. Do you have a bullpen? Do you have a bench? What happens if you're starting pitching is struggling? Who do you bring in? Do you have a long reliever? Um... So how are pitching staffs going to handle this? That's a great question. It is, thankfully, since this series, some series play like a Friday game and then two Saturday games. And so that's more difficult to do that doubleheader. Thankfully, this is just like a regular weekend series where it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, except this is just going to be Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And 
And so that bodes well. Like um, Carolina has a great bullpen, a deep bullpen. Uh, Davis Palermo, you know, as the closer who did some great work in the regional round, but also guys like Caden O'Brien, Nick Pry, Gage Gillian, Sean Rapp, all these dudes and more who can come in for Carolina and shut the door. And based on what we saw last weekend, they've got enough to put that together. Now, Arkansas, as I said, has been struggling but they came alive at just the right time. And, and just like the Tar Heels and the offensive explosion, that's what Arkansas is doing well. And so, yeah, here's what that's going to mean. There's going to be some fireworks this weekend at Boschimer Stadium. I think both these teams are going to hit well. And it's going to be ultimately about who can limit the offensive firepower of the other team. So we're going to have to keep our eyes on that. Should be a slugfest, but it should be a fun, a great environment there at Boschimer Stadium. Um, the tickets are completely sold out between um, season ticket holders and Rams Club people who put in requests. No tickets are, and, and the allotment that has to go to Arkansas. There are no tickets going on sale to the public, although on Saturday it sounds like some standing room only seats will be released. So if you're wanting to get there to the game, I would suggest camping out on Friday night to try to get one of those standing room only tickets. And let's not discount what a big deal um, home field advantage is that the Tar Heels are only getting because Arkansas upset Oklahoma State, who would have been the higher seed and, and Carolina would have otherwise been playing in Stillwater this weekend. On the season, Carolina is 33-7, 33 wins, 7 losses at home, whereas Arkansas is just 7-8 and eight in true road games. And so that Man, the, the ability to play at home in front of a raucous crowd, especially knowing that Arkansas is going to bring in some crazy fans as they always do, uh, that's going to be a big thing. Now, here's the big question. How's it going to play out? Well, I would love to just wrap it up in two games. Win Saturday, win Sunday, go rest your legs, and let's move on to the College World Series. But just given the experience of Arkansas, given the way that they came to life last weekend in the regional round, I think these two teams will split the first two games, and then it's all going to come down to a, a, a game three on Monday. And so I'm going to predict a three-game series with Carolina getting a close game in a high-scoring game on Monday. Should be a lot of fun. Great environment this weekend. Uh, hopefully you can make it out to the Bosch. You got some tickets, but if not, make sure you tune in. And uh, just like I'm doing right now, go where you go and do what you do. Well, that's it for today's show on Locked on Tar Heels. And that's it for this week of Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up next week, great content as always. We've got an interview with Alex Bresci, who's part of the men's lacrosse team. Pat Kilby and I are going to preview incoming freshman Will Shaver and much more coming up. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. As I've already asked, would you subscribe? If you're watching on YouTube, just go ahead and hit the subscribe button, smash the like button, leave some comments about what you're excited about uh, for this Tar Heel baseball team. I've got a poll up right now on YouTube about how you think the Super Regional will go, so go and um, vote in that poll. I think I've also got it up on Locked on Tar Heels Twitter, which is at Locked on Heels. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Isaac Shade. And now that you've made this your first listen, let me encourage you to make Locked on NBA Big Board Podcast your second listen. Rafael Barlow get, and the whole game give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, mock drafts, the latest player rankings, and of course, 
big boards. Follow the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including the Odyssey app, YouTube, and anywhere else. Thanks so much for spending part of your week hanging out talking Carolina athletics and stories with me. It's going to be a huge weekend. The Tar Heels hopefully going to win this Super Regional and move on to the College World Series. Can't wait to watch that and cheer on the boys. Until then, though, I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next time, peace.